Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 52 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We are very glad you're joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including valuable ebooks, online training, and small group coaching to independent writers and creative and solo professionals. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Hey, good to be here again. Okay, today we have actually uh, three different topics for the podcast today, and we'll get all we'll get something about all three of them in here. We're going to talk about the Republican response to the Trump indictment, federal indictment this week, also the Crown Act and Juneteenth. All of these have some relation to black people, in, including <laughs> including the Republican response to the Trump indictment. Okay, so Keith, you want to get started? You want to start out a little bit about the uh, Republican response, and I'll just kind of uh, add in. Oh, uh, sure, because it's really interesting. It's it's predictable in a lot of ways, of course, given the way that things have gone historically, particularly since the other guy was elected. That the Republicans have taken the stance that whatever is right is wrong, or whatever is wrong is right, and so for him, for for, for him, and and according to their party, right, everything, right, everything is on its edge. So. When president, when the, uh, the former, <laughs> as Nicole says, was the twice indicted, twice impeached, uh, disgraced, and now sexual predator, basically, former president was indicted, their response, the vast majority of their response was to simply say that that can't be true. Right. Because then right. it's because they put all their eggs in his, in his basket. So right. if he mm-hmm. goes down, they go down. Give a little background mm-hmm. of what's in the indictment. He's the first former president to face federal charges after being indicted by the Department of Justice for mishandling classified documents related to nuclear programs and potential military vulnerabilities. The indictment comes after he was indicted two months ago on charges related to a hush money case. And and, and if I can just interject why this is so important, we've been saying all along, uh, and it's a, a, a very common saying, don't make a federal case out of it. Right. The, the charges in Manhattan are state charges. These are federal charges, which is a whole nother deal. And it's not just that he took the classified documents home with him after he left the White House, which actually was um, against the law. But they aren't ta- they aren't indicting him for right, that. About he didn't return them. He, he did not return them. He, he could have uh, missed all of this. He would not have been criminally indicted if he had returned the documents as he was asked to do for 18 months. Yeah, but the, the thing that's being very apparent about Trump is that he has he is digging his own hole. Right. His right. own grave. Right. And that is what the fir- that is why his lawyers are jumping shit. Right. He cannot be defended because he won't pay any attention and he cannot shut up. And he and because he his sense of privilege is so high 
that when he starts resorting to basically, yeah, I took him mm-hmm. because I could, because I'm the president and then misreading the Presidential Records Act. Right. Uh, and so... And they are not getting him for the Presidential Records Act. Right, like I said. exactly. And he's, the Republicans, he and the Republicans are gaslighting this entire thing. First of all, being uh, incorrect about what the Presidential Records Act is. The Presidential Records Act means that when you leave office, the president and vice president must turn over all documents to the National Archivist Archive Recording Association or agency, agency. It's called NARA. And then they go through all the boxes. If there's anything in there that is personal, they give that back to you. The rest of them, they are, that's why it's called archive, because they archive them and they are kept there. Now, if for every pr- former president, they set up an office near where you are so that you can have secure access. You, you have to go to their office, secure access to access your own, to access the, the, uh, the presidential documents because you might want to write a, a study or a book or whatever. And that's exactly what they did with President Obama because they kept, Trump keeps saying, well, President Obama had, had kept all his records. No, every single president after Nixon has had to turn over all the records to NARA and then NARA goes through them. Right, right. NARA has the determination. And NARA yeah, determines what's personal what's and what's and what's, and what's right. presidential. Right. Um, the the president doesn't. The former president doesn't determine that. He keeps saying these are my documents, mm. and I haven't gone had a chance to go through them all in all this you know these two and a half years. That's not your job to go through right, them all. Right, and I think that, that that's exactly it. Once again, the and that's where he's digging his own grave. Right, is when mm. he's saying it's up to me, and right. it's not up to him. Right, he just cannot. He cannot stomach the idea that someone else has the right to determine what belongs to him and what doesn't. Right, right. And uh, and so, because Trump and his supporters, what they've done, they've reliably, they, like we said before, decried the indictment. Um, they say it's a witch hunt, um, and they're following his, that's his lead, because he's mm-hmm. the first one to call it a witch hunt, or election interference, or part of a continuing effort to get Trump. While at the same time, they never deny that he actually committed the crimes outlined in the indictment. And that's why Jack Smith very intelligently I said read the indictment right mm-hmm. I've read it it's just like people said it's, it's it's very fascinating reading and of course they don't the point is not to read the point is to obstruct right and so they're not they're not going to read anything because they don't care what it says their point is we have to defend Trump so it right. doesn't matter it's not like they look and say oh my god this is the truth right we need to jump ship right but but the point what Jack Smith and others have said is that when you read the document and see what's there. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, in terms of what's coming, right. the trial is that their big defense is that, like I said, the, the Democrats as the Democrats are out to get him. The Democrats right. are to get us in the indictment. Oh, just same as in the January sixth hearing. The almost almost ninety percent. No, ninety nine percent. No, for the indictment, every single witness in the indictment right. is and, an employee and, or, or former employee, employee of, Trump. of Trump. And, and so when they start saying they're out to get Trump, it's like these are Trump's own people, right? And his and, own and, words, and his own words, and and the Republicans. So it's, it's Republicans, it's Trump's former people. It's his own words, indictments, and you cannot say that this is the Democrats going after. Even when they say you know Biden's after him, a grand jury. Right, and, 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 and that's in there. And and as far as election interference, 
People with sense know that he declared himself in the running for president in November of last year. All of a sudden, now he's another candidate for, for a president. He's candidate for president again because he thinks that will keep him from being what uh, right. he thought at the time, keep him from being indicted, keep him from being accused and, and, and convicted of these. But it does not. It does right. not. Right. And he's, he's finding that out, especially on these federal charges, more of which are going to come. In terms of going to reactions from Republicans, their reactions range from rarely somewhere once they the president may actually be responsible, may have in mm-hmm. fact committed the crime, and more commonly, but more commonly they say compare the statements to you know the United States. They say under under Biden the United States is a banana republic, but once again they're they're obstructing. I mean, mm-hmm. said so more than half of the two hundred seventy one Republicans in the House and in the Senate have com- have commented, and Republicans have responded with rare acknowledgments of Trump's potential wrongdoing, while others have likened the United States under President Biden's administration to a banana republic. But the point is, once again, they're trying to protect themselves. They right. see the ship going down, when, and, they, and they're throwing throwing mud on the wall trying to see what will stick. When they mm-hmm. say it's a banana republic, a dictatorship, they all, all everything goes against that. Right. The, the, the evidence goes against that. The truth goes against that. That's why they can't rely on the truth. That's right. why they have to make up their own right. set of facts. So, they don't listen to facts. Right, they don't listen <laughs> to facts because all because they're creating an entire alternate reality. You have a few Republicans who are acknowledging reality. Senator Mitt Romney of Utah who voted to remove Trump from office after both of the impeachments. He was one of the few Republicans to state the truth that Trump brought all this on himself. And that's what they don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. That this is this could as as Pam, you said earlier, he it's not that he took the documents. That's bad. Right. But if when they said, hey, you need to bring those documents back, we wouldn't be here now. Right. And so, that's exactly uh, why, because they keep trying to try. I want to go back to Mitt Romney. But that's exactly why this is different from Biden. Biden and Pence both told their lawyers, go look and then report that to the FBI. And when the FBI found that they did have some documents, not boxes and boxes of them, maybe a dozen or so documents, they immediately returned them. Right. They were asked to return. Well, they didn't have to even be asked to return them. We said, oh, Oh, we have these. We found out we have these. Here, you can have these back. And, and come in and look. Right. And, and, and told, told them, come on in. Search. Search everything. We found these. One in the garage and one in the office or whatever. So look around. We don't have any more. Trump lied. And said we didn't have any more and over and over, twice, over and over, twice, twice, yeah. and and tried to have his lawyers also lie right. to say we didn't have any more because he was determined to keep them, thinking they were his. And 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 like I said, Mitt Romney, his father, Governor Rom, uh, George Romney, was governor of Michigan, and he was one of the good Republican governors, one of the good Republicans who who are, are not going off the crazy. And Mitt Romney is also a regular Republican who's right. not gone off the mega crazy. And for his part, not only did he vote to um vote to uh remove Trump from office both times Trump was was impeached but he also to his credit he was the only one I can still see it in when I was watching on TV when when Katanji Brown Jackson was confirmed for the Supreme Court there was a vote in the Senate and when the vote came down that uh she was confirmed by the majority needed in the Senate Mitt Romney was the only one to stand up and applaud with the Democrats. Right. All the rest of the Republican they, they senators, stood, they, 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 literally, their backs. they literally stood up, turned their backs, and walked out. And, and that's and that's again because it's because of the whole mentality now of the of the Republican Party, particularly of Republican elected leadership. It, it's like it's like for anybody that watch watches um what's that sci-fi show we love not to, um, we, that we like so much with the Starship. 
Oh, uh, Enterprise? Uh, Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And the Borg. Right, right, I mean, right, they, right they, the they're, Borg. They're yeah. acting mm -hmm. like the Borg. I mean, they're all plugged into the same mainframe. Right. So they all <laughs> that's have to, good. That's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> so they all have to do the same thing. They don't think. They don't question. They don't ask. Anybody that does question is shunned. Mm -hmm. so, so, for example, when Mitt, Mitt Romney or anybody else says, wait a minute, right. maybe this doesn't make sense. Maybe we shouldn't be going down this road. They just turn their back and walk away because the, the playbook says this is what <laughs> we all do. Like I said, we are bored. That's right. what they are. Mm -hmm. They're all they're all speaking from the same script. Right. And it's ridiculous and scary at the same time because the Republican National uh, Committee headed by another Romney. What's her name? Ron, 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 Ronna Romney McDaniel. Yeah, Ronnie, Ronna Romney McDan McDaniel. Uh, she's dropped the Romney part from her name. But she is... Mitt is happy. Miss Black, because he doesn't write. But she, she is Mitt's niece yeah. and, and, and Governor George Romney's great niece. Right. Okay, but she's all into the MAGA and she says that to get on the debate stage for the pr Republican primary, you have to sign a commitment, a loyalty pledge, to pledge whoever is the eventual right. nominee. And it was funny because last time, the last two times, Trump did not sign that loyalty pledge because he said it's going to be me anyway. So why should I stand a loyalty pledge? And Asa Hutchinson, to his credit, says there shouldn't even be a loyalty pledge. But what, what they're saying is that if Trump is the nominee, even though he's under indictment, probably convicted of something by the time the election comes around, we're going to, we're going to support him anyway. And so even though they know that Trump is a loser. He lost the popular vote in 2016. He lost the popular vote and the Electoral College in 2020. And in, and in, 2020, in 2018, the, the, they lost the House. In 2021 and 22, they lost the Senate. And in 2022, they barely, barely uh, uh, got the House, but again, again they lost the Senate. Right. And, this, and, this, and this is despite all of the roadblocks they threw in the way. Right, Everything right. they tried to do, from gerrymandering, et cetera, they still lost. But this is why they're pinning their hopes, not just on Trump. This, mm -hmm. this is why Trump says, if I get elected, I will pardon all these right, people. Right, right, right. They're pinning their hopes on insurrection. Exactly, exactly. And they're calling and, 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 for and, and, insurrection. Right, insurrection, because that's the only hope they have. And right. that's why it's it's important and interesting to note that that, that is fading away. Because mm -hmm. they were looking for all these tons of people to show up in New York, about three. You know, right. Anybody show up. Then they said, well, Florida is more favorable to, right. to Trump. Not many people showed up there. He didn't get a crowd until he went to Little Havana. Right, exactly. You know, and, and there were only 40 people in that, right. in that shop. And that's, and that's a restaurant. Right. I mean, that and that's one of the most popular restaurants. Uh, Cuba, it's run by Cuban yeah, Americans. Right. And it's a, one of the most popular restaurants there in that area. And people and he tried to make it look like there were hundreds of people there. And there were 40 people in that restaurant. Right. 40. And, and, even, but, and even if, well, first of all, it's important, like you say, to acknowledge there were only 40. Mm -hmm. But even if it was a couple hundred, that's nothing. Right, right, that's right. That's nothing. Right. The fact that he was in a restaurant, he was not standing out at a podium. Right, not like, right. Like a, ra a rally. It was not like right. they had to shut the streets down. See, right. That would have been something if they had to shut the streets down because people were flooding the streets all to come out and hear Commandant Trump. Mm -hmm. The man had to go into a restaurant. And and, it's a, and uh, it were forty people, and then keep the cameras in close, right? So, so you, you can't see, see that there's only there's 40 hardly anybody there. So I mean, and then he said food for everybody. Then he left, right? So not only did not pe people didn't get any food, and he certainly didn't pay for right. it. You know? He's right because he, once again he said that for the cameras, right? So, exactly. So all of the follow up with that night, Trump mm -hmm. said food for everybody, just like 
when he said, if you get in trouble, yeah. I'll, call, I'll pay all legal expenses. Then the cameras went off. Nobody's right. legal expenses mm-hmm. got paid. And very quickly, because we need to get on to our other two topics, just re- reminding people about what an indictment is. Because they're saying President Biden indicted Trump. No, president doesn't indict. No right. president well, in, yeah, indicts. Right, because that's the... Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. okay. and, and then they said, well, Merrick Garland indicted him. No, Merrick Garland didn't do it either because the attorney general doesn't indict. Special Prosecutor Jack Smith didn't indict. It's a grand jury. And Jack Smith reminded people of this during the two minutes that he spoke. The, a grand jury is made up of regular people, just like a jury in a regular trial. The jury is made up of regular people. So these are people right from Miami, Florida, or the surrounding area, who made up the grand jury. And it was uh, a majority of the 23 people on the grand jury voted to bring these voted to bring these charges against Trump. Jack Smith just announced what the grand jury had done. So it was a secret grand jury, and so we have to be careful because we have to be careful about what is being. Uh, how they are trying to gaslight everyone and, and of course, uh, misrepresenting what actually happened. Of course, they're bringing up Hillary. The thing about Hillary is, and this people never, never realized that she did not hoard classified documents. She used her private email server to talk back and forth to other members of her team. And they may have referenced one document or another or one topic or another, but they did not exchange documents, even on by email. And they, and she certainly didn't take classified documents home with her. So that was completely different. And they, they spent four years talking about this in Benghazi and all of that kind of thing. And both the Obama DOJ and the Trump DOJ exonerated her because there was nothing, there was nothing that she did wrong. And so they keep trying to bring it back to Hillary and of course, bring it back to Hunter Biden, et cetera, et cetera. So before we go on to our next topic, oh, oh, the, and, and President Biden and Merrick Garland have emphasized that the, ju- the Justice Department is operating independently from the White House. And Mr. Biden said he will never interfere with that independence. He hasn't yet, and he said he never will because they're independent. The special counsel, um, the special counsel, Jack Smith, is a career employee. He might be the best prosecutor they have, but he's just a, he's, he, he's not Republican. He's not Democrat. He's an employee of the Justice Department. And so all of their, all of their screams about him, about this being political and all that, that has, it holds no water except in their own mind. And so be quickly before we uh, go on to our next topic, just a reminder that the podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community, where we offer online training, small group and one-on-one coaching, and valuable ebooks to help with branding and marketing for independent authors and creative professionals. And you can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. Okay. Also, this week, something important was the uh, passage of the Crown. Was, was some, some Crown. more movement on the Crown Act? Talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, what the, the Crown Act is? Yeah, the Crown Act, or um, which is the Crown actually stands for Create a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair Act, and it was created in 2019 to ensure protection against discrimination based on hair texture and protective hairstyles, such as braids, locks, and twists that are commonly associated with Black people, Black culture. This act was created in response to the numerous cases of discrimination against individuals with natural hair textures and styles in workplaces, schools, and other public settings across the United States. And what's so 
And it's, and it's men and women. Right. Uh, because a lot of men wear their hair either natural, like like uh, Representative Justin J. Pearson in, in uh, Tennessee. I mean, he's got a huge oh. afro. But a lot of men also wear their hair either in afros or in dreadlocks or in or, or in braids, which are different from dreadlocks. They might have uh, design braids. Right. And there were, I remember this because a couple of years ago, there was a high school student, and I can't remember what state it was. I think it was Louis, either Louisiana or Texas. He was not allowed to go across stage because he refused to cut off his dreadlocks. And somebody in Hollywood heard about that and invited him and his mother to the Oscars. So this was probably before COVID. Him and his mother to the Oscars with as the guest of one of the actors who also wore dreadlocks. And just to remind people that this is how our hair grows. Right, okay? and that's the thing I think that's most important is that the fact that we have to pass legislation to look like ourselves. Right, exactly. Is, exactly. Is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's... That's such an obvious form of racism. Right. That the fact that white people, that too many white people can't even see this. Right, exactly. The exactly. fact that we have to pass legislation to let our hair grow the way it does. Or be styled in the in the way that is best for our uh, hairstyle. Our hairstyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when you our hair texture, texture or whatever. For example, you talk about, just as I said, Justin Pearson, mm-hmm. whose hair is a large fro. Mm-hmm. But you, if you straighten his hair... It wouldn't be any longer than how most a lot of white people wear it to work naturally. Right, right, okay, right. Mm-hmm. It's just that our hair sticks out. Right, right. So it's the natural so, so state. Natural mm-hmm. state. So an afro that's threatening. Right to the mm-hmm. white people, you know. So that's the thing that's that's most offensive mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. that, you know. And 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 not giving so employers don't have that right because employers should you know say say that the main components of the policy include prohibiting employers from enforcing grooming policies policies that disproportionately target people of color based on the hairstyle or touch mm-hmm. texture and same thing for schools. There right. was that story where a young girl was was told she couldn't oh what she she had to go back home or something. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because because her hair was in a natural form. Mm-hmm. You should not have the right exactly, to tell exactly, people exactly. that they cannot look like themselves. Exactly, exactly. And it's and and it, the whole thing is that you have to adhere to a white standard. And, That's not threatening. And, uh, because the white standard isn't threatening to us. When you wear your hair as black people do, that's threatening to us because you're not following our standard. And so that that's what the whole thing is about. And so it's it's slowly but surely getting through nationally and on the state level and at different. Um, well, here in Michigan, just got. Oh, uh, yeah, our governor Gretchen Whitmer signed into law just this week right. the Crown Act for the state of Michigan. Right. So and it's going state by state, and of course it's it's running into some in some states running into opposition because. They won't say it out loud most of the time, but what they're saying is that, no, the only standard of beauty is the white standard. And anytime you have either dreadlocks or even the fancy braid styles or even a lot of children, when I say children, I mean 10, year, 10 11, 12-year-old girls are adding uh, adding hair to their dreadlocks to have the longer braids. One girl was told to go out, go home, take out the uh, extensions. That's the word I'm looking for. Be, and, and because she said that everybody can't afford to put, have extensions put in their hair. And this, and, and I think it's also important to point out this this whole way of thinking goes back to to slavery, when transport Africans could no longer speak their language. Right. You could not play the drums. Could not do anything that. And and the native, uh, well, I could say native, but. African Americans, black people who had been there maybe a generation or two, not mm-hmm. or who were born there. I mean, right. basically, who had been there a while. One of the first things they would, if you, if you watch Roots, you'd right. see that, mm-hmm. where they were out of fear when they would, they would tell those just arrived, whatever you do. Right. 
those because because they're beating that you know, because that's Africa, right? They and and women and also, yeah, mm-hmm. also with native with Native Americans, and, mm-hmm. and what's also happened with the what they call Aborigines in Australia, mm-hmm. where they take the children, right? And quote unquote religious leaders, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes Catholic, will put them in these schools <laughs> to teach them how it was basically beat literally right. beat their own native culture out of them, and they had to wait, dress like white people, talk like white people, adopt the cultural habits of white people, mm-hmm. and any attempt they, these children made. Native, it was it's amazing to see the parallels between Native Americans and the Aboriginal people in Australia with the way they were treated children taken from their families mm-hmm. to completely break, to, to break them from their right, natural right, self. Right. And this is part of that same thing where, where the white standard is the only acceptable standard and violence will be used right, to beat, to right, beat, right, beat it right. out. And another law was passed, the Indian, and I don't want to give the, the wrong name, but it was to reclaim the, um, the thousands, tens of thousands of native children who were stolen from their from their families from their homes from their culture and made to be white and I, we can't talk about that now because we're almost out of time but we'll talk about that I probably I'll put that on for next week because it's a very important law that was changed in the 1700s in New Orleans that's when that's when it started with the head wrapping for the black women because they were not allowed to have their hair show so because it was different from the white standard so they came up with these beautiful ways of tying their hair with 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 cloth and, and all that to to make it and, and so that made them even more beautiful because the, the head wrapping was so beautiful but they could not let their hair show and speaking of freedom and emancipation this monday uh the 19th of of, of june is juneteenth and we're, we're running out of time so we won't be able to talk about the whole thing but juneteenth celebrates the end of slavery in the united states it began with the emancipation in 1863, January 1st. It took a, took effect January 6th, January 1st, 1863. But before that, several states had um, already uh, eliminated slavery from the state. And but but it, the Emancipation Proclamation took effect on January 1st, 1863. But it did not free all the slaves. It only freed the slaves in the Confederate states. People forget that. But the news of the proclamation did not reach Texas until two and a half years later on June 19th, 1865, when the Union General Gordon Granger arrived in in Galveston Bay, Galveston, Texas, and issued General Order Number 3, officially freeing all enslaved people in Texas. And that marks the beginning of uh, Juneteenth. It's important to know, too, also, the one part research that... That the actually people, the white people in Texas knew. Oh yeah, they knew. They so didn't the, tell the they slaves. Didn't, they didn't tell us. So it's not like they didn't get the news. Slave owners there didn't want to free their slaves. Right, you know, exactly. So two and a half years, and then and then it finally was forced upon them. Right, so that's right. Yeah, and that's important to remember. And although there are different times when, like I said, in some in some states, as a matter of fact, Vermont freed its slaves, and then its request for admission into the United States was denied for ten years after that because as a colony they had. Uh, declared that their slaves were free. And so all the way through the 1850s and was a Dred Scott case and the Kansas-Missouri Compact and all of that. But it wasn't until, and even in the, the 14th Amendment and the 13th Amendment, freed the slaves, but again, not all of them. And so in African culture, we talk about we as a village and as a community rather than just I. And Juneteenth celebrates when all of us were finally free, not just part, not, not just a few of us. So that's why it's so important. And so on Monday, 
on my op-ed in our We Are Speaking publication, I'm going to have a long article about Juneteenth. So I, I encourage you to, when, you, when that comes in your email, in your mailbox, to read it. Or just go to Substack and, and read that. And also have a sci-fi musings. And tomorrow, tomorrow for sci-fi musings, we're going to have a, a sci-fi story on Juneteenth. So we encourage you to make sure that you subscribe to We Are Speaking com to get all of our articles and, and podcast episodes. And again, thank, thank you for, for listening. We're at our, our, at the end of our time, but we really enjoy bringing these to you every week, especially talking about current events and how they, how they are relate to historical events and how, and from a black perspective, which means I'm going to say one more thing, even though we're almost out of time, that I think his name is Brian Douglas, a representative from a black representative Republican in the House of Representatives um, from Florida. And he said on TV that Trump didn't have time to go through all those boxes before he left. That's what you have staff for. No other president had that problem. Why only Trump had that problem? Nara goes through it. Right. You're not supposed to sit there and go through it and then send it to Nara. Right. Nara goes through it and right. sends it right. back to exactly. you. Exactly. But you, before, but the reason why uh, Trump didn't take the time, because he thought he was going to stay in office. So other presidents know they're leaving on January 20th. So they start in December going, you know, packing up their personal things. And then everything else goes to Nara, and then Nara goes through it again. And if it finds some personal letter or something that got in the box by mistake, then they'll take it out and send it back. To you, but Trump thought he wasn't going to he wasn't going to leave office. That's why he had an insurrection. So they didn't probably didn't even start preparing it until eight eight a.m. on January twentieth. <laughs> so thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you next yep. week. See you next week.